commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another installment of Mando Talk. And this week we are putting the Mando in the Mando Talk. We got all kinds of Mandalorian, uh, Mando type of verse uh, things that we're going to be talking about. And, and, you know, joining me as always is the new co host. Uh, you've heard him before. Uh, he won a giveaway. Now he's become legendary. Now he's here, DJ Foster rebel scum texan what is up what an honor to be called a legend <laughs> i just i didn't think you're I like was luke a, skywalker man you're a legend i'm just a legend oh that's i don't even know how to i got no words for that hey man i am i'm just stoked to be back i'm stoked to be here i'm so glad that we are gonna put like you said the mando back in mando talk tonight so i'm ready to get the ball rolling and talk some star wars i mean absolutely we had a great, we had a great tuesday with mm -hmm. Geekverse reactions. So quick, quick plug for our, there you go. <laughs> our new segment show. What do you want to call it? Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking all kinds of Geekverse stuff. And if you haven't watched this last week's episode, go check it out. Absolutely. A lot we, of fun, good times. Yeah, we, we had some fun sharing, you know, the things that we love in the Geekverse and all things really, and then recent kind of news. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. But with that said, you know, there's a lot going on here now at Mando Talk. So if you have not subscribed, let me just mention this on the top. We are trying to get to 100 subscribers by the time that the Book of Boba Fett hits. That's going to be quicker. That's going to come sooner than uh, we expect. It's going to be here yeah. before you know it. So help us get to that uh, triple digit subscriber number Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, word of mouth is, yeah. is still the real deal. Uh, so share a link, uh, and we would really greatly, greatly appreciate it. But without further ado, let's get into uh, this week's episode. And, you know, barring last week's technical issues, we weren't able to discuss the Disney gallery, the Mandalorian, M Mandalorian making of season two finale. But luckily, we are going to be able to do that uh, this evening. And hopefully, you know, maybe... Maybe we'll be able to have some good conversation with that because of this extended time, uh, because of exactly what I just said. The amount of extended time maybe gave us some more time to visit it and to think about it and to kind of relish in that great moment that we got. But before we get there, we are going to mention just a couple of rumors slash news pieces like we always do. We're not going to dive too deep into these because really there's not a whole lot there, although there is one big kind of news piece uh, that we'll respectfully discuss uh, in a second. But DJ, first of all, you got to update me about this thing that you threw in Discord. And again, there's a shameless plug. Discord link is in the description. Uh, come have fun with us. Come talk Star Wars with us and talk anything with us. Uh, but you threw something in that Discord that that hints at future Star Wars stuff coming to Disney+. Plus. What is that said future stuff coming to Disney+. Plus? Well, you know, it was so out there i feel like i um I checked out this facebook group i'm in this morning and and there was this in thing in there has disney plus at the top of it 
and I, I did post it in our discord. So go check it out there, but it's all in Spanish for mm -hmm. starters. And so I'm sitting there reading it and I was like, I don't know what some of this is. And I got to look closer. I was like, Oh, some of it is in English. So like, I didn't have to bust out Google translate, you know, I'm not bilingual, so I can't, I can't do, you know, the conjugations very well and whatnot. That's the mm -hmm. only word I remember from Spanish class, by the way, is conjugation. And it's not even Spanish. That's the sad part. But um, no, in here, there's a couple of Star Wars related things. Now at the top, um, it says that a Disney Plus original Star Wars Visions is dropping September 22nd. Mm. And of course, we, we knew that it was coming very soon when it was coming during September. I don't mm -hmm. recall ever seeing an official date. Um, but September 22nd is on this. So okay. If, yeah. If, I think that, I think that date was on the trailer that we got okay. maybe a few weeks back, but, but yeah, that definitely has, has me excited. Yes. And so, and me too. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I, the fact that we know it's coming as soon as it is, I think is, is really cool. And I've never really been an anime fan. Have you ever really been an anime fan? No, I've always respected it, but it's never yeah. really gotten like my full attention, but visions. Yeah has my full attention yeah i'm i'm very excited for it as well and then so we knew about that one so that's not major but the second thing that was on this list it had a bunch of ancient x files and and like some nazi stuff which i was like i'm thinking that's a national geographic thing mm. that they're adding to to it but um down here at the, the bottom the 29th of september or uh oh i don't remember how to say numbers in spanish so i'm gonna say 29 de septiembre <laughs> Um, Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds, episodes one through seven. So mm -hmm. we're getting a seven-part series, maybe multiple uh, seasons coming down the pipe somewhere in the future. I, mean, I don't know. I'm speculating on that one. But Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds. So Caleb Keller, when you hear Galaxy of Sounds, what, what triggers in your mind? What do you think that's about? Well, for some reason, I'm going straight to, you know, that biomes thing that we got a couple months back maybe it'll be something like that where it's we're just in one station almost like oh there's some youtuber out there i'll just give this shameless plug i think it's ambient worlds or something like that but what that that youtuber does is he makes just like this three hour track of a for example lord of the rings he just plays a plays a theme from that movie or one of the movies and sets you in that scene and you just kind of sit there and kind of take it all in and it feels like you're there. Maybe it could be like one of those situations wow. where they, they put us on a planet and it's just like a little ambient little figure that we see mm. uh, and they play some music and it makes us just feel like we're in Star Wars. That's just kind of where my head's at. I don't think there's going to be too much substance with it wow. other than just some like uh, connection with that universe. That's yeah, just my thought on it without knowing anything that. about it. <laughs> no, and I hadn't considered that. I mean, I'm in, you know, tonight we're going to be talking about behind the scenes stuff and mm. I am a behind the scenes junkie. I think I've said that here before, but um, the idea of galaxy of sounds makes me think about Ben Burt, you know, the mastermind behind all Star Wars sound effects for mm. episodes really one through six. And of course, you know, we had Matthew Wood who kind of took that place and that not that not took his place, but took on that role at Lucasfilm. And and for those of you unfamiliar with Matthew Wood, he's the voice of the uh, all of the droids in Clone Wars and in a couple mm. episodes of Rebels. Um, mm -hmm. And then also the voice of General Grievous 
Um, yep. And we love ourselves some General Grievous around here. I mean, and Hot Topic just has now an exclusive General Grievous Funko Pop that I so desperately need to add to oh, really? my collection. But, there you go. <laughs> um, maybe maybe one day we'll see. So I'm thinking it has something to do with Ben Burt and, and sound effects. Um, I think mm. that would be really interesting to watch. I, I love the idea of people recording sounds and, and adding them to movies because and that's that art is called Foley. I think that art is is so vital to film and to TV. So I would be really interested in that. Now, you're probably more I think you probably are more on the line of that, because, I mean, how do you make a series about just watching people go, <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. Yeah, maybe so. That's what I'm thinking it's about. Um, yeah. So tell us what you think down in the comments on what you think Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds might be. But there was one other thing, very mm -hmm. briefly. It's this, it looks like an animated show. In fact, I have no idea if it's coming to Disney Plus or if it's going to like Star Wars Kids' YouTube channel. But mm -hmm. it's called Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures. And Galaxy of Creatures looks like it's going to be sort of a friendly little uh, animated show that will focus on the various um, non-sentient you know, species throughout the galaxy. For example, Banthas, Wampas, Tauntauns, Rancors, um, you know, the Reek, you know, you go on, maybe even a Mudhorn. I mean, just to come back to Mando. So, you know, there's a, or even Blurgs. There's a Blurg actually here on the main image. So um, who knows? We may get something really interesting out of that. I think it'll be geared more towards a, a, a child audience, but at the very yeah. least, you know, if, if and when this comes around, look forward to checking that out so if you have any information further on that feel free to hit us up at mando talk and uh, we will be willing to discuss it so that's kind of where i just kind of randomly bumped into that this morning mm -hmm. i mean i'm still like i'm still waking up i'm still i'm <laughs> my hair's all crazy i hadn't even i hadn't even thought about lifting my head from the pillow so i mean I have no idea really what's going on here and I'm still a little disoriented if I'm being honest. So yeah. Um, if you have any information further, please let us know. Uh, Absolutely. So that's what I have on that. Um, so I guess that's it for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, those were some just off the top things that I felt the need that we needed to hear. Cause like he said, you know, I'm kind of, if like, I don't know anything about this. I, I found yeah. out through the discord, uh, and, uh, We'll see. I don't think there won't be big substance on those things. It's probably like geared toward kids, just yeah. like, you know, all the a lot of things that we've seen before. It'll be cool to kind of get in the galaxy like always, mm -hmm. uh, but just enjoy it. Just new yeah. Star Wars content. Let's have fun with it. But before we get to the Mandalorian, the Disney gallery discussion, let's quickly update you as far as what's going on uh, in the galaxy far, far away. And the first thing that I wanted to mention is just for some reason, I don't know if this is just me, uh, but for some reason, Cad Bane has been everywhere on social media the past week. Uh, and I don't really even know where this rumor initially sparked. But the rumor of Cad Bane being in the Book of Boba Fett is heavily, heavily out there. Uh, so I just wanted to real quickly, first of all, obviously make you aware, the listener, that this rumor is out there. And then for us to speculate here for a moment and kind of talk about why or do we think that Cad Bane is actually going to show up uh, in the book of Boba Fett. And if I had to currently guess, I'm actually favoring that he will be in it, uh, especially with 
you know, Tamara Morrison talking about how we're going to be going back in time, uh, visiting Boba Fett in different eras of the galaxy. I really do expect to see some of these big bounty hunter characters that we've we've come to know of in this show uh, and to explore those uh, relationships and feuds a little bit more. Uh, and with that said, I think Cad Bane showing up in the Bad Batch made sense. But I also think it was calculated in the sense that, ooh, don't forget about this really cool character. You're fixing right. to see him in December when we release the book of Boba Fett. You think I'm crazy or do you are you kind of with me? No, not at all. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Saturday when we had our our your your fantasy football draft. I'm gonna call that yeah. the fantasy football episode, even though that's not <laughs> at all what we talked about really. But sure. during that particular uh live stream, we did talk a little bit about what the book of Boba Fett's story could hold as far as um who could show up, what's going on, those kinds of things. And we mentioned Han Solo. What are the chances of him showing up? I think that Cad Bane showing up in the book of Boba Fett is probably more likely than Han Solo yeah, showing up. Definitely. And, yes. And that's for so many reasons. I mean, the fact that we don't have to potentially de-age Harrison Ford, which is not exactly cost effective. And um, and that would require both animation and his time, which who I don't really think he's looking to give more of his time to um star wars i think you know because he's mostly focused on indy 5 right now which is fine and yeah I'm still, like we said on tuesday we're looking forward to that but um i really think that this is one of those things that it very easily could happen yeah um, dropping him in, in bad batch was i think a smart move for so many reasons it's nostalgia ridden it's it's a cool character he's the He's the bad guy outlaw, like in a lot of ways, he's a lot. And I don't mean, I'm, this is kind of maybe a hot take. I don't know. We'll call it a hot okay. take. Sure. Um, he's a lot cooler in a lot of ways than Boba Fett. And, okay. and I say that specifically in the realm of animation and in the realm of pre the prequels, mm -hmm. um, you know, post the prequels into episodes specifically five and six and now Mandalorian uh, Boba has steadily moved up that that ladder of cool i think for a lot of people sure um and it certainly did for me because i was like oh, he's in the sarlacc pit maybe he got out maybe he didn't well now we know and mm -hmm. so i think it's a lot more likely that he'll be you know a nice little face off the only thing i have a problem with on that is that we have that rough animation of mm. young boba going up against um cad bane and it was an unfinished clone wars episode i kind of hoped we might get it in season seven like a lot of people did but uh, it's okay that we didn't because we have now boba in in the book of boba fett and of course you know mandalorian so i honestly think yeah cad bane he 100 could show up in um in the yeah, in Book of Boba Fett. I want to make sure I mm -hmm. said that right. I backwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's possible. Um, likelihood, I would like to hear your percentage. What do you think your percentage of him showing up would be? Man, if it was as easy as just finding an actor and not having to worry about, like, you know, the blue and the and maybe, you know, the CGI on the character that would need to be done, I would honestly go 100%. But just wow. the, the cost of, you know, executing all of that and it being the first time seeing the character uh, in live action that it that it would need to it would require a lot of work uh, just because of that aspect. 
I'll go 65, 65% that we see Cad Bane. I feel pretty confident. That's why I'm above 50, uh, but I don't yeah. want to, you know, just anchor down on him being there and then be thoroughly disappointed. So I want to yeah. sit at a healthy 65%. What about you? That's the same number that came to mind for me. Okay. I mean, you know, let's go, you know, uh, right go. on, right on target. I feel like, and stay on know, target, <laughs> stay on target, man. If you only knew how many times a week I say that or hear someone say it, it's, it's insane. But anyway, um, shout out to that guy. May he rest in peace Yes. <laughs> somewhere in, somewhere in the space near Yavin four. But anyway, um, no, I think that, it's a 65% is a good, healthy number. I wouldn't at this point go much higher than that. Yeah. Let, I mean, watch tomorrow. They're going to put something out. That's like <laughs> Cad Bane confirmed. Ah, you know, we're all going to be like, yeah. Ah! From, from Hollywood reporter, like the yeah, most legit source is going to bring it out. <laughs> yeah. And I believe my youngest brother Brock has uh, hopped in the chat and um, he says Cad Bane in the book of Boba Fett will be dope. And I go. agree. It will be. Absolutely. Dopest. So, yeah, that's where I'm at on Cad Bane. You know, if you haven't already said something in the comments, you know, drop down in there and tell us what you think about uh, Cad Bane potentially showing up in the book of Boba Fett. Absolutely, man. It's coming close. It's coming. It's coming. And again, help us get to 100 subs by the time it hits. Yes. That way we can all freak out together when we see Cad Bane in the yes. show. Now, that's what we want. We want to freak out with you. Yeah, let's freak out want, together. We don't want we want to scream and shout and let it all out and, and freak out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love some classic. Uh, I don't even know. Was that 80s? I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I, I apologize yeah. there. You know, the music just started flowing out of me there for a second. But Sometimes, regardless, the book of Boba Fett, Cad Bane showing up would be pretty cool now. That is not the only thing that we had to mention about the book of Boba Fett this evening. Now, this is like the big, huge uh, news that's out as of today. Now, with that said, it does contain spoiler heavy uh, spoiler warnings with the show, the book of Boba Fett. But I want to be 100 percent clear. We are not going to get into the spoilers because we want to, first of all, let that article by Star Wars Newsnet sit. We want all of the attention to go to those guys. And, and I don't think it's in the description right now of the live stream, but I will put the link to the article in the description after this live stream is over and also in our podcast. Uh, so you can go check it out for yourself. For those of you that are interested in uh, reading these spoilers, but they are pretty big spoilers. So props to Star Wars Newsnet for this is two weeks in a row now. Last week, they they dropped a big one with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So go check that out if you go check that out if you haven't. And I think I actually did a video or our podcast episode last week talked about that a little bit more only because I was able to do it at the very end of the episode and kind of give my big spoiler warning with that. But, you know, being live, I didn't really want to do that to our live streamers or our audience uh, to just throw spoilers out there crazily. So again, if right. you have interest in seeing those spoilers, go check them out. I will, you know, just give a non-spoiler take with it. I do think some stuff in there with this article is predictable. Like it's some things that here at Mando Talk, we've even said that we've predicted here uh, on this show. But I, there is specifically one thing in there that kind of blows me away. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, DJ, do you have anything else that you want to add to that though? Non-spoilery. 
not particularly other than the thing like i want to i do want to mention that the guys and, and ladies who over, who are over at um star wars news net they yeah. do a heck of a job um and the writer of this one is a guy named miguel fernandez and uh props to him for putting in the work and doing the research and finding uh however they get a hold of their information lord knows i have no idea for all i know it's tinkerbell coming over there and just i don't know throwing out pixie dust doing her thing but um it's one of those articles i feel like if you love to know things ahead of time this is the article for you yeah um and I don't think I should say much more on it. Otherwise, I'll end up saying the wrong thing <laughs> and making our live listeners a little upset. Sure. Or our podcast listeners a little upset. So for now, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, definitely. You know, we'll put that down in the in the description. And I've already personally retweeted it on uh, my Twitter account. So mm-hmm. if you want to go check it out, uh, plug for me at Rebel Scum Texan. You, you see that underneath my my little screen here at the moment. So. <laughs> Um, it's not like I am shamelessly plugging myself, but I am. <laughs> so you go check that out over there, um, or just go to Star Wars Newsnet and check it out there as well. Absolutely, fair enough. Well, listen, enough. that is the news, the rumors of the past week. So, so like we said, not a lot, not a lot there. Uh, but really, that that spoiler thing there, there's a lot there. But again, we don't want to dive too dive too deep into it uh, tonight. But with that said, we got all of those things out of the way, and we can now finally, a week, two weeks later, almost it feels like feels like yeah. forever ago, we can finally finally discuss Disney Gallery Star Wars: The Making of Season Two Finale for The Mandalorian. And boy, oh boy, does this image right here not say it all luke skywalker being back not only luke skywalker being back but mark hamill being back in the mandalorian is something that i never thought that i would say Uh, and it was extremely beautiful to see how this was well put together uh, in this disney gallery uh, episode and those are kind of just my before we even dive too deep into it takeaways what do you what did you overall think about this disney gallery episode dj so i want to back up to when he first showed up before we had any behind the scenes for any of season two Mm -hmm. like many people i i think a lot of us collectively crapped our pants when we saw this (laughs) and i and i know i did i was just blown away that like holy cow luke skywalker and it's like, of course it's Luke Skywalker, but like, even as they were giving these little hints throughout each shot, I was like, it's not Luke. It can't be Luke. Yep. And then one thing happened. What's that? This happened. <laughs> he, they have the shot where he just holds it uh-huh. off to his side. And I was like, okay, that's Luke Skywalker. There's no way that's not Luke Skywalker. Cause you know, this yeah. hilt, you right. see this and you're like, this is Luke Skywalker. Yep. So I I've had this sitting on my lap for 47 <laughs> minutes now waiting to just be like, here it is. But anyway, I, I had to have a moment and yeah. as a, I had to have a childlike moment after watching it. So mm-hmm. what I did was I went to my closet and I turned a black hoodie inside out and I have a Batman cape <laughs> that I got years ago for something at church and I've never gotten rid of it. Cause who knows when you're going to need a Batman cape, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, they've got that. I put on my nice, like going to a wedding dress, black shoes, some uh-huh. black jeans. And I 
found a baseball batting glove. I don't even know how I had a baseball batting glove in my house. I haven't played baseball in years, but I slipped that on and I got out the lightsaber actually be his right hand. But I, I pretended like a child to be Luke Skywalker. I'm a grown man. And I had, I went and did this most childish thing I could do in that moment. God, thank God I was home alone. Like, yeah. And, and thank God that my cat doesn't have a voice because she was just like, what are you doing? You loser. And, and I, honestly, I, I was being 100% a child, but like, that's what this did for me. It yeah. made me want to go back to being eight, seven, eight years old and mm -hmm. be Luke Skywalker on Jabba's sail barge. And, and I really kind of did that for a minute. And, it, and that's what this did for me. So seeing how they brought that together and watching Mark Hamill show back up for this and going through the process and being willing to, to not only be Luke Skywalker, but to also voice another character in the cantina scene in season one, it just meant, it meant the world to me as a fan. And I think yeah. we all, you know, would say the same thing. So that's my, that's my general thoughts on that. Um, so I'll let you take us into, you know, what your thoughts are as far as breaking it down or any other sure. thoughts you might have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just kind of structure how we'll do this. What I did was as I was watching it, I just made note of kind of my big takeaways as I was watching. So what I'm going to do, and if you're on YouTube, you'll kind of see me look to the side as I'm looking at my bullet point list over here. I'm just going to go through these and our conversation is just going to naturally flow as I bring some things up. So like I typically mentioned, DJ, when I mention a big takeaway of mine and you want to add something to it, please, by all means, add something to it. And the first big takeaway of mine as I was watching this thing was I think it, it kicks off with John Favreau just kind of explaining how important all of this stuff is to him. And, and I know it's silly. It's simple of him to just make those those couple of comments. But, man, that is so important to me uh, that Favreau, Filoni, believe it or not, Kathleen Kennedy, all these people that are involved really do genuinely love this franchise and they really are trying their best uh, to deliver some content that is incredible and man a man man oh man did Favreau deliver uh with with this season finale and it's just very evident throughout this Disney gallery thing Favreau loves Star Wars he is one of us 1000% I agree I mean he hearing him talk about it and he honestly hearing him talk throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. was a lot like a breath of, of fresh air and you mentioned Kathleen Kennedy and so did John Favreau. John yep. Favreau made sure to point out her willingness to really put something on the line that could have gone south. No and you know no one's really talked a whole lot about that I feel like. I haven't really seen a whole lot of people like wow I, I can't believe they pulled that off. It was like whoa they pulled that off <laughs> like it it was never anything in the negative. It was always something in the positive. Mm -hmm. And so hearing him talk about his respect for Kathleen Kennedy, I think is so important and not just for filmmaking or even because that's his boss. I don't think he was sucking up at all. Sure. I, I genuinely think he, he appreciates her a, as a producer, as an executive mm -hmm. and as a, a leader. Cause she does lead Lucasfilm. And I do want to, yep. I do want to say this. I mean, I really believe that too many people give her flack for the sequel trilogy and, mm -hmm. and things because those are three movies before the Marvel cinematic universe. She was the most successful producer of all time. 
Absolutely. That, those are numerical facts, you know, mm -hmm. and then Kevin Feige, you know, comes in and takes that, takes that uh, role from her, but that's not because of anything other than look, I mean, look at the MCU. It's massive. Sure. And it's, it's, and we talked about that also on Tuesday, how big of fans we are of it and, and all that, but we, we got to stop conveniently leaving out Kathleen Kennedy. And I say we collectively, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about me and you, I'm just as saying a fan base, as a fan base, we have to stop leaving out what she has done for just for cinema as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, so hearing Favreau, like I've got my boss's back yeah, because you know, for sure she has his back. Not yeah. just because he just she he just rolled in a wheelbarrow full of cash either. I mean, <laughs> that helps, but <laughs> it certainly helps. But I mean, you have to. I think we all have to understand that this is somebody who has done a, a great work um, in a lot of areas. So yeah. that's my that's my soapbox about Kathy Kennedy. Okay, hey, um, fair and, enough. And I I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever like really publicly you know maybe in a tweet maybe yeah. but like never yeah. never out loud like this. So I'm putting my my rebel scum Texan um, reputation here on the line, which I mean <laughs> that's not a whole lot. I might lose yeah. a few followers, but whatever. Yeah, nah, it's all it's good. It's all deal. good. But anyway, I I thought that was really cool. Of course, to him say that and then get everything started. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned MCU there. Somebody very instrumental to the MCU directed this bad boy, and that is Peyton, Peyton Reed. Yes, you know, he, he's all over Ant-Man. And Peyton Reed, you know, the kind of the first things that we get with him is, is how he reacted to the script. Now, it's revealed in this thing that in the script that he received, the Jedi was named as Plo Koon for secrecy purposes. Now... Then he goes into further detail. He talks about how John, you know, Favreau pulled him to the side to share that it was actually Luke. But it's hilarious that even on set, you know, they show a shot of like, you know, all the producers and everything there and still referencing Luke as Plo Koon. When they're yes. even just talking about, you know, Plo Koon needs to be standing here. Plo Koon needs to be standing there. They He needs to do this and that. And just they were that to the point about keeping this thing a secret just mentioning the word luke skywalker on set probably would have resulted in an article online somewhere so to the detail to the finest detail of just doing those things made this thing successful i had the same thought about peyton reed and and i definitely think that uh, throwing in plo Koon was such a cool thing in fact, mm -hmm. I remember seeing an article somewhere saying Plo Koon's rumored to be in The Mandalorian, and I thought, there's no way. <laughs> like, like he had a hardcore death in episode three, and he's pro – I remember being in the theater for Revenge of the Sith in 2005 and seeing – and we'd gotten to know him through – for me, it was through the Visual Dictionary and mm -hmm. then through what was the then 2D animated Clone Wars. Yep. Um, the Tarkovsky's um, Clone Wars, which, hey, we've talked about that before. Yes, we have. Um, and that was a good episode. That was a fun time. But um, so when I remember seeing Plo Koon died, I actually vocally said, oh, no, Plo Koon. Like, I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, no, Plo Koon died. So whenever I heard yeah. he was coming back, I thought, there's no way. Like, no, it's something. Mm -hmm. But here's the coolest thing I think about that. Peyton okay. Reed being pulled to the side to talk about Plo Koon is, is reminiscent of Mark Hamill being pulled aside privately and told by George Lucas and Irvin Kirshner, director of Empire, that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Spoiler alert. So, <laughs> I mean, the, th the fact that we have these two moments, and I think it's, it's, 
let me quote George Lucas for a second. It's like kind of like it's kind of like poetry. It rhymes, you know. It's like mm-hmm. we watch how two different timelines of history have kind of almost merged in a way, to where it's like, wow, Mark Hamill was pulled aside to be told that George Lucas, I mean George, George Lucas, that Darth Vader is his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you imagine if George Lucas's son was Luke Skywalker? <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then you have Peyton Reed being pulled aside to be told, hey, um, it's not Plo Koon, it's luke skywalker and just he had to go have a moment and yeah i think i said this on saturday but there's only a handful of people who have ever been given the privilege of directing mark hamill as luke skywalker and now peyton reed gets to add himself to that list and i if i'm a director i just you can't even begin to put that into words no. how important luke skywalker is to cinema you know, he, repre- he represents a certain type of character arc, and I realize that, but he embodies it so well. Mark Hamill does a fantastic job embodying that character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, you know, Peyton Reed being told what he was told, I thought was just absolutely and totally fantastic. And um, I don't know how much more, I mean, I can go on, I think, <laughs> and talk more and more, but I don't know how much I can say about that specifically. Yeah, okay. Well, the crew as in Favreau, Filoni, and, and Peyton Reed, you know, they continue to share kind of their mentality as far as how are we going to incorporate this massive legend of Luke Skywalker into the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. And they, they made the statement that, that really, you know, it's a simple statement to make, but man, did it make sense. I think it was Filoni specifically who said, you know, the, the issue was we had to figure out a way of how we didn't have too little of Luke Skywalker, but we also didn't have too much because this is still the Mandalorian. This is Din Djarin and Grogu's story. Uh, and, you know, for me, it, obviously, I don't know if I would ever feel like there's too much Luke Skywalker. That's why I'm not, you know, one of their positions. That's why I'm not making decisions <laughs> there at Lucasfilm. Yes. Uh, but they're they're 100 right that they couldn't have too little, they couldn't have too much, and they nailed that sweet spot like 1,000 percent, right in, dead in the middle. Yeah. I wasn't left wanting more. I wasn't left feeling Luke Skywalker heavy. I was left feeling, man, this was perfect. Yeah, and I think that they took that into consideration. They they wanted to make sure it felt like a good ending, and in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a really nice like five course meal or four course mm-hmm. meal or whatever. You know, you have your appetizer and you have your main course or your salad and then your main course, then you might have like the bread and all this other stuff. And then you have your dessert and Luke Skywalker was, was, was the dessert. I mean, and it's the nice sprinkle on top of everything. It's the cherry on top is what it is. It's, it's perfect. Um, I I don't know how else to say anything else to that, but yeah, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. Okay. Now let's dive into, you know, how all of this came to be Mark Hamill. John and Dave asked Mark to come on set to check out the show and to do some voiceover work. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This droid, because it's a droid on Tatooine, wasn't this in season one where he voiced the droid, or was it in season two when he went to find Cobb Vanth? No, it was in season one in the cantina. Okay, that's what I thought. Episode, yeah. That's what I thought. So at that point, that's when they revealed to him of their plans of incorporating Luke into season two? That's what I heard. Okay. Uh, from from this episode of Disney Gallery. That's what right. I understood. And so that was shocking to me because that means, you know, for a long time, Mark Hamill knew that he was coming back. Well, but with that said, I think they started shooting season two of The Mandalorian while season one was being sent out. Yes. Like as we yes, were watching were. season one, they yes. were shooting season two. 
Yeah, and that's pretty normal for TV. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was a big Arrow fan when it was coming out, and um, I love I loved Arrow so much uh, until the latter half half of it because it kind of had a dip. But you know, they were they were filming stuff as the new thing was coming out. Sure. And so I remember thinking a lot of things during all that, like, Ooh, I wonder how this plays out. I'm like, Oh, they already know. And that's the way TV works. So it wasn't that surprising to me that Mark had known for a while. Mm -hmm, Cause mm -hmm. he even said in the interview, guys, I know how to keep a secret. Like I've <laughs> yeah. done it, you know, like he, and this guy right here, hold on. I've, I've referenced this before, but he kept this guy a secret in 1980 for mm -hmm. I think he said 14 months or something like that. I don't know, maybe get yeah. a number from somewhere else, but he knows what it's like to not talk. It I think the worry that he so well put uh, that he being Mark Hamill was that uh, you got to worry about this crew that's on set. And to add to that, they said, "Oh yeah, half if not more than half of our crew was off filming Robert Rodriguez's episode." Mm. They say that in the gallery episode. I missed that part. Like the whole, like almost the whole crew was off shooting Robert Rodriguez's thing. And Mark Hamill had one day yeah, on yeah. set to be Luke Skywalker. I mean, that I could have watched the whole thing from that perspective. Just have the camera follow Mark around for a day. Yes, 100%. And, I, and, and so the fact that now here's one really cool thing with that. That means in one day, in two separate locations, Luke Skywalker <sighs> and Boba Fett were simultaneously making their return in an era that just perfectly makes sense yeah and i haven't heard anybody say that but at the same time i've also been waiting to listen or watch any other reactions to this because i wanted to make sure mine were mine and yours sure were yours. i haven't even I, i've had the show notes for over a week i haven't read your thoughts one time yeah um, yeah and you haven't read mine because i didn't send them to you nope um, <laughs> and so i was like no we're going to this thing blind so to, to say that take that into consideration is so important, I think, as fans, because we just don't get stuff like that all the time. No, that's great. Just think five years ago. And to make that statement that Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker is shooting a scene while Tamara Morrison is somewhere else shooting a scene as Boba Fett. Like, it's are you kidding me? It's That's crazy. I mean, it's you have to be hallucinating to make that statement, you know, and then now we, we don't have to hallucinate. I mean, I could wake up and it could be a dream. I have no idea. And then all of this would be some really weird story. Like wake up, baby. Hey, I had this really cool dream, you know, but that's not what's happening. I mean, it's real. And yeah. the fact that that's going down and has gone down and maybe will continue to happen. Yeah. Uh, would be freaking awesome absolutely <laughs> so, well you again, know that's a, that's a kid in me man that's a yeah kid in me. yeah well the, the process you know of them trying to convince mark uh to come back he mark hamill you know said you know do i really want to do this but john uh and dave I, both kind of visited mark or no i think it was john and peyton reed i don't yes. know if dave was there for the home visit but they went to his house they showed him the script and he even got in the, the costume. They even brought the real deal as far as Grogu, the puppet. And uh, man, was that a cool shot. And at that moment, I think Mark Hamill was just like, yeah, I, I, I have to do this. And of yeah. course, why not? Why would you pass that up? <laughs> yeah, he even says, I'm the only one who's ever worked with the puppet. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you're, you're wrong because they had a puppet yeah. for Phantom Menace. But, <laughs> but I mean, he probably doesn't he probably has seen phantom menace a handful of times maybe 
Um, right. So, I mean, it's not his movie, so it's kind of weird for, I feel like, oh, I'm not in this one. So I just, I feel like if I was an actor, I would be that way, which is so rude. I feel like, I'm like, oh, I'm not in this one. I don't want to watch it. Like, but, you know, maybe he's that way. I don't know. He looks like a nice guy. I haven't, I yeah. could be way off. But sure. anyway, I think that that's really a cool thing, of course, to bring the puppet out to his house. It's like, mm-hmm. can you, okay, like for real, can you imagine having this guy right here mm-hmm. just there? That'd be pretty wild. I don't know what I would do. Like, in, I don't mean the HasLab ones or the, the mm-hmm. little, the almost real looking ones. I mean, like the puppet. Right. Or as Bryce Dallas Howard kept referring to him as, baby isn't baby so cool baby so clay <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man but I, i'm with you i think it, the fact that they went to him and mark was willing to to even have a conversation about it yeah it just speaks volumes to his love i think for the character of luke skywalker yeah absolutely uh now the next thing that i have it that really stuck out to me was they showed a shot of just kathleen kennedy being on set as well as the man beside her george lucas uh and we've already kind of talked about kathleen kennedy so there wasn't there isn't really much else to add there uh but it is cool to see george lucas continue continually show up on set i believe he was there for season one at some point to see them shooting that season uh, as well as now it appears season two yeah i believe whenever he sold lucasfilm it was a part of the contract for him to have some sort of uh not like his hand in it but like mm-hmm. he wanted certain things run by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would be willing to bet that Grogu was one of those things run by him mm-hmm. because when he shows up and John Favreau's like, here, you want to hold it? And he's like, we've all seen the blurry picture of George Lucas sure. holding it. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, kind of think, wow, this is like, it kind of feels like grandpa and grandson a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it looks like to me anyway. So um him being there is such a big deal and that he he kind of in one way or another has given his seal of approval you know almost yeah. kind of like he's the he's the godfather and you still have to kiss the ring um <laughs> and the the family hasn't been turned over all the way yet so i think that that's uh i think that's important i think it's a really important thing that he's yeah. been around for some of it i think anytime george shows up for me that means a lot uh, yes. I don't know him. I, I, obviously, I don't know him. But what I was trying to say is I don't know, you know, how mentally he's taking all of this. Uh, but regardless, him showing up on set uh, and showing support for the franchise as it continues to grow means a lot to me. Uh, and I, right. I, I wish I wish he had somehow been there on the day that Mark Hamill was shooting the Luke Skywalker stuff. Cause that would have been like just pure gold. What we got was pure gold, but like, I'm talking pure, pure gold. <laughs> oh, I know. And the, there's not much that could make that better aside from some reason Harrison Ford's there too. Like it's the only thing that makes it better. Yeah. Yeah. Or if the actual ghost of Alec Guinness shows up, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't get a whole lot cooler than him being there. Of course, you know, I bet somebody tried to get them yeah there. and it just maybe the schedule didn't line up but uh I, I certainly would have liked to have seen him there that day but you know having george lucas there in the mix with all that may have been a little hectic but that's the only thing that could have made that better sure I mean, it's the only thing that could have made that better yeah well and, well and, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there no, i was no, just no, going to mention you know let's uh let's discuss maybe the technology that they had to use in order to make this event happen you know we've kind of talked about how mark got pulled in but let's actually dive into 
what made this specific event happen. What we got going in the live chat. Just before that, yeah, I wanted to say <laughs> this. Um, I think it's my sister jumped into the live chat. And she said, it's Savannah Foster, by the way. She says, everyone to George Lucas, you can do whatever you want forever. Like, <laughs> and that's the truth. He can do whatever you want forever. Like, he can show up in his... Except dad. make his own sequel trilogy. <laughs> oh, why'd you have to say that? Why did you have to say that? We were having such a good night, Caleb. <laughs> Oops. No, <laughs> you are, you are correct. But he also was on set for the season finale of Game of Thrones, and we saw how that turned out. So, gotcha. yeah, anyway, that's true. <laughs> uh, I'll throw that in there. I'll get my I'll get my one up there. Yeah, anyway, he um, he was there to specifically have a conversation with Benioff and Weiss. You know the p people behind Game of yes. Thrones that were on deck to make Star Wars projects, and then they bailed. <laughs> so yeah, we're really going dark now. I'm angry. I I'm getting red. Oh, I'm angry. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's the first time I've heard anybody say that. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but no, truly though, George Lucas could show up in his in his dad Nikes and his dad jeans and his flannel shirts and his Starbucks cup, and he can do whatever he wants. I don't care, you know. Yeah. Except what we've already mentioned, which makes me sad. So anyway, let, let's keep the vibes going. So listen, the technology. The technology that was needed, I'm just going to, you know, kind of group these next few things together and then I'll pass it on to you, DJ, and let, and let you kind of talk about those main points that I pull out. I personally, I was listening to Favreau. He was sharing all the three different methods behind bringing the specifically the face to life for Luke Skywalker. I know deep fake was one of those that he mentioned, but then I kind of got lost there for a moment. I, I probably need to go back and, and watch that part specifically. Uh, and then they talked about the young stand-in actor and i forgot his name do you remember his name i think i wrote it down somewhere okay well while but you're pulling that up mark on, hamill wait on me yeah mark hamill and that young stand-in i thought it was really cool that they were working together as far as you know the movements where to be what to do how to look i thought that was really cool and then i was blown away with this new egg technology where there were like these thousands and thousands of just mini LEDs all over the place to try to recreate any kind of lighting they wanted to. You know, they showed like fire, uh, bright light, low light. It was really cool that they can do that. Uh, and it, again, we've already kind of talked about this. They had one day, one day to use the egg and one day with Mark. So all of that magic was produced in one day. And again, that is mind blowing. That that was really the big technology that they they use to pull this incredible moment off yeah and and like you mentioned I, honestly i all the things we've talked about up to now i didn't have written down mm -hmm. um all of my focus is mostly on my in my notes about the technological aspects of the, okay of sweet it, because i just was so thrilled by what we were watching and so i mean like i said i i was just so excited about the technological breakdown that that favreau gave in order to obtain the performance we ended up having in mandalorian from from mark hamill luke skywalker and i don't know where that name is i thought i wrote it down but okay. you know what if you want to find out just go look at the cast list and, and sure you can let us know all that kind of yeah. good stuff he, he looks I, very similar it is a good it's a good casting <laughs> and they did talk about that. They said that we had to put out a casting call for someone mm -hmm. that looked like Mark Hamill without ever saying the name Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do that. How do you do that? No clue. Like, 
I don't even. We need a. We need about a five foot seven individual with blonde hair. Like, how do you do that? Like, I just. That's anybody, you know. I mean, yeah. And the, that must have been a process in and of itself. I, I know that there were something like three thousand kids who read for the role of Anakin Skywalker in Episode One. So, like, mm. imagine what they had to go through not saying the name Luke Skywalker. It just blows my mind. But back Crazy. to the technology aspects. I'm. I like the deep fake conversation. That yes, that was cool. That was really cool. And I thought that the deep fake things they did talk about were very convincing in the earliest stages. When you watch the little, it looked like a cheese it is what it yeah. looked like. It looked mm -hmm. like a cheese cracker with Mark Hamill's face on it. And so while it's just sitting there doing this <laughs> and they kept matching it over the face of, of the actor, I thought that looks really convincing, but they weren't satisfied. And yeah. they're the professionals. I'm not going to get in the way of that. Sure. But um, I thought it looked, I thought it looked good. Um, man, I'll tell you this though. Sidebar: Landis Fields was working on doing the, the face over. I don't even know what you would call that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how new he is to Lucasfilm or ILM, but he's over there with an ILM VFX hat on. How do I get mm -hmm. my hands on one of those ILM <laughs> VFX hats? Oh, you got to work mean, there. <laughs> I, you probably do. It's hard to find Lucasfilm merch, man. It, it is. I've looked because I want a Lucasfilm shirt really bad. But it, it's one of those things where I feel like it'd be nice to just kind of have it. You know, mm -hmm. even like yeah. Dave Filoni, you mentioned this. He had his <sighs> his his uh, Mudhorn signet on his big Patagonia jacket. So cool. I mean, that alone is awesome. But yeah. Anyway, that was a little sidebar. Um, you know, there was one really cool thing where we we're talking about um, Mark Hamill and him being de-aged and all this fun stuff. There was a clip of him back on the set of a new hope in 1977 or 76, mm -hmm. I guess, because that's when it was being filmed. You, he says this exactly. You have, a, you have to have a lot of trust in all the technicians that they're going to make you look all right. That's a quote that it's a little out of context. Let's be fair, but it, to be fair, but it, you know, at the same time, it's almost prophetic for him to say, you have to have trust in the technicians to make sure that everything looks good. He basically saying the same things as he's now Luke Skywalker again in 2019, I guess when this was filmed or 2020, probably 2020, because I know I saw masks being worn uh, in the background by different mm -hmm. crew members and whatnot. So, you know, um, the fact that they went through that and we had this little random quote, I thought was awesome. Um, last thing on the de-aging process for me, and then I'll toss it back to you. And okay. unless you want to talk more about the egg and the volume, because I have a few thoughts on that. But no, that's fine. Yeah. The the de-aging process they used in, in Mandalorian was the right call, I think, mm -hmm. ultimately, instead of the deep fake. I think mm -hmm. it was good because they were they were able to pull from Mark's previous performances in a really cool way, in a great way, and then intertwine that with the other performer playing Luke or performer performers, I should say, because there was a stunt man, you know, doing a lot of the, uh, robot chopping, which, yeah, yeah. That was the part I was pretending to be whenever I first <laughs> saw it. I mean, the idea of chopping down those things was, um, really cool. So anyway, um, and then you get to the volume and the egg I, to me, the egg looked like a mini volume. Mm -hmm. It was like a miniaturized yeah, volume. Um, and this is something that I feel like has been around for a long time. You know, I mentioned I'm a behind the scenes junkie. So mm -hmm. we're going to go back in time about 15 years to um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, the documentary that they did for the making of the Revenge of the Sith was called Within a Minute. And by the way, it's on YouTube. You can go watch it. It's not hard to find. You just type in Revenge of the Sith within a minute. You got it. 
but they did something very similar similar to this um back then with gentle giant studios who i know you've you've had to have heard of gentle giant studios by now but they did this they were doing things like this in 2004 when mm. they were filming revenge of the sith and it, what they were doing was they were taking digital scans of the actors faces and putting them on the stunt performers in real time while they were filming in 2004 and 2005 mm -hmm. unheard of then and it just shows that this this egg thing this is a uh, we should call it suga i feel like <laughs> just from now on just suga and go from there suga, suga. <laughs> it was that was man that was hilarious I, they're like the minions of star wars now absolutely Fantastic. but well the uh, minions are you know straight up ripoffs of rip off of jawas they are I, I you know what you're right that's my that's the new headcanon from now on but anyway they put these 3d scans on those actors faces back then we're doing it now and the egg is taking these principles that have been around for a long time you know going into two decades now and bringing them to an advanced state that was, you know, really hard to come by and almost unheard of 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like we had things like this, but it wasn't, it wasn't this, it wasn't, let's project the fire, uh, not real fire, but project it onto sure. the space. So we get the lighting and all these different things. I think that that is just absolutely amazing. And so, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts as far as the technical sides of things go. I'm curious to see if you have anything else to say on any of the tech sides. Of things. No, I just thought it was super cool. Uh, and, and just how remarkable it is that that all of that played out perfectly still blows my mind. Uh, and this idea and, and John definitely talks about this later as far as, you know, how dangerous yet how beautiful this technology really is. Because uh, that yes. means we can continue to get these kind of cool moments with legacy type of characters, but there is a big responsibility that these people have as far as using this technology yes. appropriately. And I think Favreau summed that up uh, pretty great. So th yes. that's really all I wanted to add to that as far as the technology aspect. I'm, I'm glad you did because I had totally forgotten about that. I mean, we very easily could go off the deep end. And mm -hmm. there were certain times in film up to now that I feel like was important to do that. The first big one was Paul Walker's death in the Fast and Furious yes. franchise. And yeah. I think that was important. And everybody on the set, all the people involved with that one were like, we need to have Paul in this mm -hmm. one. And then the only other time I ever felt like the morality side of it was called into question was when they brought Tarkin back. Mm. But they made sure to go to, to Peter Cushing's estate to make sure right. that, that was okay. And and I love that, like you said, I'm so glad you brought it up because I did 100% forget about that, um, that John Favreau was like, we have to be careful. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it could go get out of hand one day. I hope it doesn't because yeah. we use it sparingly and we use it when it's necessary. I'll even sure. use that lightly. Um, and I agree with you on that for sure. Okay, sweet. Now, this next thing for some reason caused controversy online. This idea of when, you know, Dave mentions Ahsoka and Ahsoka oh, being, you know, the more well-trained Jedi compared to Luke. And that's 100% on the money. I don't know why there was pushback to this. Uh, I still think that it would be an incredible moment to see Ahsoka 
meet Luke Skywalker and train him and show him all of these different things and tell him all of these stories that she has with his father. I mean, talk about emotions. That would be a great moment. And I really I do think that Ahsoka is the superior Jedi. I genuinely do feel that now I'm not talking character here. I still love the character of Luke Skywalker more than I like the character of Ahsoka, but Ahsoka is in this time. She is well more trained, well more seasoned than Luke Skywalker. I don't know why this was taken controversial by some fans because I mean, it's just fact. <laughs> it 100% is. I mean, it just like I'm with you. It does not make sense. I've actually rolled my eyes when you brought it up. I mean, not not that <laughs> yeah. you brought it up. I'm rolling that, my that, eyes at the that fact that it's a thing. <laughs> I know. It just it's so ridiculous. I sound like Monica from Friends. I know. <laughs> like, but it just it is what it is. It's just it is by far the one of the most ridiculous things we could have argued about. And I saw it on TikTok. I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on Instagram. Thank God I didn't see it on Facebook. It'll be there next week, though. <laughs> you know, like it'll be there two weeks late, as all things on Facebook are. But it just it blew my mind that we were talking about this. And I, I even heard one person break this down. Okay, so I lied. I saw a little bit of someone's opinion about this, but I agreed with the opinion because uh -huh. they flat out say, "Oh, and my brother Gavin's in the chat, and he says, Caleb, you're his new favorite person for saying hey. that Ahsoka is." 100% he loves Ahsoka and okay. I, when I say he loves Ahsoka he has a small and I'm kind of outing him a little bit I hope he doesn't mind but he has a small little Ahsoka shrine in his room he's got hey. the novel he's got the Funko Pops he has one of her lightsabers you know hey. he's got he loves Ahsoka dude I'm honestly, jealous I wish I awesome. had that <laughs> it's a dope little setup I get Gavin put it in discord so Caleb can see it but, yeah dude um, hit me up if you don't want to put it in the major Mando talk thread just DM it to me because I would love yes. to see it <laughs> it's a great little deal as there. I try to mess with him sometimes. I'll go in there and he still has the Funko Pops in the box. I'll turn the box upside down and mess with them. But um, <laughs> it's this little game I play. But anyway, um, little little peek into my life. But um, and it's fun having younger siblings because you can kind of mess with them a little bit. I'm sure you sure. Have, you know what that's a little bit like. But um, anyway, he says not one bit. I did not out him. Fantastic. So um, yeah, Ahsoka is 100% more powerful than Luke Skywalker is at this current point in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. She was trained by Yoda, by Plo Koon. She had run-ins with Mace Windu, okay? We had Kit Fisto somewhere in the mix a few times. Anakin freaking Skywalker. Not to mention mm -hmm. she spent time with both Padme Amidala, Duchess Satine Kreese. She freaking led troops into battle across all of the Clone Wars and all of by the way, she's a teenager the whole time. When Luke was 19 years old, he was still complaining about moisture farming. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We have to put this into perspective. She's let's also kid. not for let's not forget as well that Ahsoka bested Darth Maul. She, yes, and I guarantee you now, Luke Skywalker, I think, especially after seeing Mandalorian, I think he could hold his own against Oh, Darth yeah, Maul. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I'm, so too. I, but this is so far down the line in his life. Mm -hmm. You know, Luke's in his 20s, probably his 30s by now. When Ahsoka was doing that, she's like, what, 22, 23? She's in the prime sure. of her, well, if she's a humanoid, I'm not sure what kind of, you know, I mean, she's a Togruta, so I don't know how that really plays out. But all I'm saying is, and you're in your prime of your life, and you're taking on who is essentially an old man, but still, Darth Maul was spry. Like, he, yeah. he knew what he was doing. He still had it where it counted. Ahsoka did best him. 
And Luke Skywalker at that age and with minimal training, if we saw Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker fight Darth Maul, even from episode one, you know, and even in Clone Wars or Rebels, he no way. There's no way he wins that fight. Um, yeah. Unless, you know, the writers say otherwise, which <laughs> sure. they are ultimately, you know, the, the people who have the say. But yeah, I, I just don't see how Ahsoka Tano isn't more powerful than Luke. Now, I know by saying these things, we're just adding fuel to that fire. <laughs> but at the same time, like, look, you're just going to have that opinion. And that's your opinion. You can keep your opinion. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one and they all stink. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It is um, what it is. It is what it is. I had a professor <laughs> in college say that to us once, and I was at a Bible college. So nice. believe it or not, it's good times. <laughs> all that to say, listen, Luke Skywalker's awesome. I love Luke Skywalker. Yes. I think he is. He is by the time we get to Last Jedi, he is the most powerful Jedi. Uh, in existence and i'm willing to believe that there are still some jedi running around out there uh still haven't been hunted down or have trained other jedi you know whatever Mm -hmm. um because at that that point it's 50 years later so i mean you know we see what happens within 50 years time we get a baby yoda so Mm -hmm. (laughs) all that to say we could get we could get this but i still think he is the most powerful jedi in the universe by last jedi yeah he he is not as skilled as ahsoka agreed isn't and he has i think a little ways to go and i like you even said having them meet up would be fantastic i think seeing i think the best place to see them would be in the ahsoka series yeah at least briefly you know Mm -hmm. and and maybe maybe we probably don't get that i think we may have seen our last luke skywalker unfortunately that's where i feel this is gone yeah i don't know how we get back grogu if we ever do get back grogu but Mm. i don't know i'm with you on the ahsoka thing 100 percent okay all right. Talked about it too much. Probably my bad. No, no, no. I was excited to kind of hear your take on that. And I'm, I'm glad that we are in agreement. Now moving along. Uh, the next thing that I kind of made note of as I was watching this was something we already alluded to at the beginning, how all of these things played perfectly. Dave and John talking about, you know, how the X wing showing up, then next it was a hooded figure. Then next it was the green lightsaber, the fighting style, the face reveal, and then, yes, that lightsaber. <laughs> then, specifically, Favreau mentions the music. Now, I just wanted to mention that Favreau states that this was the first time they used a John Williams score in The Mandalorian at all in the first two seasons. Now, first of all, that's awesome. I always love hearing John Williams' music pop up. But secondly, I didn't notice that. I did not notice that that was the one and only time that we heard an original piece show up in The Mandalorian. And I just wanted to say that because of that, I think Ludwig, uh, I, I don't know how to say his last name, Gorenson or something know. along those lines, the, the guy that's been sco- scoring The Mandalorian, I think that speaks to how good he's doing. Uh, if that's the first time that I noticed that. Uh, that that's the only time that John Williams actually shows up. Well, not to burst your bubble, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, in Ahsoka's episode, The Jedi, you hear Yoda's theme play. And so it's very hmm. briefly. She, she so Favreau Yoda. misspoke. He did. And okay. as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, that's not right. Because Yoda's theme plays in the Ahsoka episode when she mentions Yoda. 
and oh yeah you're right i remember that just a little like reprise kind of like touch thing Mm -hmm. and on top of that ahsoka's theme isn't an original ludwig uh song that was something created by the kiner brothers right and so it's he misspoke twice actually well i don't i think he only mentioned williams specifically but yoda's theme is still williams right 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 no i'm talking about the ahsoka one Okay, yeah. So then we'll get I'll give them that one. But you know, the Kiner brothers have their music in it with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and you have John Williams music in it with Ahsoka. But then of course you do get that main Star Wars kind of do 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 kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that is what I think he was really trying to get at. Sure. Because, like the the majorly like emotional yes, one that you typically hear. Like, like the most emotional, like it brings back those feelings of watching Luke train with Yoda and watching him learn about the force from Obi-Wan and watching him defeat Vader and Mm -hmm. Palpatine. Well, he didn't really defeat Palpatine, but you know, in, in return of the Jedi. So, I mean, you watching these things, yes, that's what that song reminds you of. Mm -hmm. So I get where he was going with it, sure, but he didn't say it correctly. Yeah, no, that's um, a good call. I I didn't even notice that. I think you're right. I still think, you know, Ludwig just to, save my no. point i still think ludwig he's is doing it. phenomenal no he's killing it i mean here's the thing when it, i've never shared this with you before i'm gonna share it with everybody now when i um get ready to record and get all my stuff set up and i get going before mm-hmm. we jump in um the zoom call i am listening to star wars music and i listen to the mandalorian theme almost every time there you go i want to be <laughs> i want to put myself in the right frame of mind like even last week before we attempted to do this one with zach my wife was like hey do you want to watch what if before you go uh record and i said no i want to be in star wars mode (laughs) and and she was like okay she gets it she gets me so she knows what i mean by that so hearing hearing that um the music for me really puts me in a place where i'm like let's talk star wars and Mm -hmm. i did that today i did that um i listened to the throne room scene music from a new hope today so um, I'm, I, I realize I'm now putting out how nerdy I truly am, but no, I don't you, care. you know, you got to do what care. you got to do. You got to do what you got to do to get in the zone. It pumps me up, man. I mean, yeah. it pumps me up. It gets me ready. That's my pregame music, man. That's my, <laughs> that's my go. sitting on the bus silent. <laughs> that's what that is. Poker face. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All yes, right. Sir. Next thing that, uh, that I wanted to mention Luke's voice, you know, we talked about for a while, you know, do, did Mark Hamill, you know, record new lines and all of these different things, but it's revealed that it was completely synthesized using software um, taking. Apparently, there's basically like this program where they can input, you know, Mark's young voice and it can recreate the or generate these new lines of dialogue that they need to be said uh, to match his voice. I was taken back by that. I didn't know that that was a thing. Uh, but uh, it worked. And again, it's one of those things that Favreau mentions. It could be dangerous. It can be really dangerous because next thing you know, if, if that if that was to get in the hands of a just for example, not to say that, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. If that was to come into the hands of a podcaster, sure. you could almost convince your listeners that Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford or whoever is your co-host on a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think you you make a good point that like, yeah, it's it'd be difficult, I think. Sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe not for some. For me, it sounds like the hardest thing in the world to try yeah. to, to do, but you're right. And I didn't know it was a thing either because I was sitting there watching it. I was, I think I was like eating lunch or something and I had time mm-hmm. and I was watching it and I was like, 
my mouth, I think my jaw hit the floor. I mean, I had to like physically pick my jaw up and put my beard back into place and hope that, hope that, you know, my tongue didn't fall out in the process because I, I was just so enamored with the idea. Like, wait a second, we can take old radio specials now. Yeah. And, and just make this ridiculous, like, I don't even know what it is. It's like a best of playlist. Yeah. Of lines and like, all right, throw them all in there. And I was up to this point convinced that it was Mark Hamill recording in, an, in a booth. And then they're like, all right, we'll fix it, you know, later. Sure. Or something. But like, that's not at all what happened. It's right. just a total other ball game. That's crazy. It blows it's my mind to crazy. even think about it now. And whatever software they're using, I think they need to keep that to themselves. Yes, they do because 100% they do because <laughs> we bring up the moral um code i suppose with that and then doing the deep fake stuff and the deep fake stuff is cool you know but like favreau said we have to be careful with this mm -hmm. um they've been giving a great deal of power and mm -hmm. we know what uncle ben said with great power comes great responsibility mm -hmm. and that applies in so many areas of life that i think that we sometimes you know don't take it into consideration but Agreed. I still think it's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I think mean, it's it, really cool. <laughs> they use the technology appropriately. And as long as they continue to do yes. that, I'm here for it. Uh, next thing, 30 minutes in to this episode, the first mention of R2-D2 occurs. Now, I'm going to be completely honest here. I forgot he was there as we were watching this Disney gallery thing. We were, we were talking about Mark Hamill. We were talking about Luke Skywalker. As I was watching it, I was like, completely shocked when i was like oh yeah r2d2 is there yes. and we're just now talking about him uh I, for some reason you know i just completely forgot that he was even in that episode there for a while but then you know john starts talking about how that was his favorite character as a kid and then dave even talks about how favreau got emotional not when mark hamill was there but when r2d2 starts rolling in and that was really cool to see kind of, again, seeing that Favreau is one of us. Uh, so what did you think of uh, R2, uh, Favreau's take on it, um, and just R2 being there? What did you think? So I had lunch with my parents this last week, and um, my dad and my mom are flea market people, and they're, they're estate sale <laughs> yeah. hunters and things like go. that. And so my dad, every everywhere he goes, he's always kind of on the hunt for old school Star Wars action figures. And he got a hold of a 1977 R2D2 uh, action oh, figure wow. in fantastic condition. I mean, it looked it looked incredible. Mm -hmm. And since it looked so good, I was like, wow, this is cool. So we're looking at it at lunch, just kind of I'm playing with it. And then I remembered what Favreau said about how much he loved R2D2. And I I just was like, wow, I think that it is so cool that we have this connection to so many people across um across the the uh, star wars fandom verse if you will and favreau mentioning that he loved r2d2 so much that he had he had to take a second he had to take a second um shout out to the guy who jumped in the wrong <laughs> stream come, come back <laughs> no yeah for real so the beef train shows up i don't know who who jonathan chong is i feel like we're getting scammed here but regardless, if you're new here, if you didn't mean to be here, go ahead and subscribe while you're here. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I mean, you're already here, and I hope Beef Train implies you have barbecue or tacos. 
um, feel free to send me some tacos always like two things make me happy in this, in this life. If any, if not uh-huh. anything else is star Wars and tacos. <laughs> I love tacos. Uh, anyway, <laughs> So anyway, thanks, Beef Strength. That, for that up threw me then, off, man. I'm I'm I back here to, trying. I'm trying to hold it. off. I'm trying to hold off laughter while you're talking to... about the emotional aspect of R two D two showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's uh, hilarious. Hey, we appreciate it again, Beef Train. If you are not subscribed, click that subscribe button, man. <laughs> please, and then explain to us who Jonathan Chong is. <laughs> I hope he has tacos. Anyway, um, let's try to get back on with this emotional R2-D2 R2-D2 talk. So for me, seeing R2-D2, seeing him was a shock, even though I knew he was there, you know, because seeing watching the behind the scenes and then like not remembering he was going to be there. I was like, oh, shoot, like that's R2-D2. Now, here's one thing I do want to mention about R2-D2. When Mark Hamill wasn't on set and they had the stand in. Mm-hmm. They they had an R2 unit there, but it was green. Yes, I noticed that as well. I thought that is the coolest thing. And I, I kind of suspect that that was a, a note from Dave Filoni. I don't know if I'm right about this, but when Plo Koon is fight, or flying his Jedi Starfighter in Clone Wars, there's a really good chance his R2 unit is painted green. That's what I was literally Googling. I was looking up Plo Koon R2 unit. We are... We are sometimes it's so in sync. It's it's we said the word sync in sync just now. That's how in sync we are. Not hey. the boy band. <laughs> no, I can't find uh what that R2 unit looks like. It, but I mean, it, it's possible. Either way, either way it, it's a yeah. good way to throw people off, just like yeah. uh beef train threw us off. <laughs> beef train is the plocoon of this episode <laughs> of Mando Talk. Oh, he's back. Is he back? I don't he think is so. back. Is he back? He, just, he jumped in the comments. Jonathan Chong is a Disney mod who's banned him from so many of those Disney nerd celebration streams. All right, guy, I'm sorry. Um, you're not banned here, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, just again, hit the subscribe button. But just anyway. Do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, we talk about a lot of good stuff around here. <laughs> we do. Now, let's wrap it up. We're getting to the end of the special here. And I just wanted to talk about the emotions. You know, John gets emotional about R2. Grogu being this generation's R2-D2 is kind of the line that's thrown out there. And, and man, is that fact. I see Grogu. I see Baby Yoda everywhere that I go. I have always complained about Star Wars, like accessibility, like merch and toys and collectibles, but Grogu at least is everywhere. You got t-shirts, blankets, and you name it. Any kid item has Grogu on it at this point, and I'm loving that. I am wearing Grogu socks right now. There you go. That's great. See, exactly. He's right here. I mean, Grogu. Grogu all day. I think this T-shirt is actually concept art. I don't think this was a from the yeah. from the I, show shot. I have a hoodie that I bought. I got it like thirty dollars off, so I was stoked. But it's that same concept piece, just no mm-hmm. purple in the background. But anyway, I have that on a hoodie as well. So yeah, that is concept art. Okay. But Sweet. yeah, you're right. He's everywhere. You can't escape him. He's and I've said this before. He's he's on baby on board stickers on mom's cars. Right. I mean, he's just everywhere, and and I don't know whether or not to take that seriously. Is it just <laughs> you're making a Mandalorian joke, or is there actually a baby in the car? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea, but that's how big <laughs> he is. He is this generation's R2-D2 100%. Yeah. 
and I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, Mark then began speaking on the emotional fan base reactions. I get, I think it was Favreau that sent him a video of like a collage of all the reactions. And and that was really cool. And then, you know, we've talked about this at Mando talk. We have come to this realization well before we watched Disney gallery, the Mandalorian Favreau talks about how essentially the star Wars franchise is all about family. Uh, And we we specifically I know here at Mando Talk have mentioned that before. It is a family event. Uh, you pass it on to your kids. Your kids will pass it on to their kids and so on. Um, and that is so powerful. And that is why for me, Star Wars will always be king uh, because of just so how generational it is. And uh, it's just super cool. I could talk about just the family aspect of Star Wars all day long. Uh, yeah. But what did you think about, so let's wrap this up. What did you think about the emotions there at the end and just overall your thoughts, maybe if we miss some things on Disney gallery, this recent episode. Well, I think altogether this, I mean, Disney gallery in and of itself is a special treat, but this one really was something big from Mark Hamill to RTD2 yeah. to VFX shots. I will, I, I said this in our discord and I want to say it here too. This is one of the most important behind-the-scenes documentaries ever made, period. Mm. I, I, and I watch a lot of do- behind-the-scenes documentaries. I, every, almost every movie I've ever seen, if it has behind-the-scenes or making of, I watch it. Wow. Because I want to know what That's they dedication did right they there. Did. I, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to be a filmmaker. I mean, mm. I went to college for broadcasting for a couple of years, and I even had the opportunity to on the table um, to go to – usc where george lucas went to film school i wanted to go to usc and be in california but uh plans change and um and that's how that's where life went for me but i was dedicated to this so i and i've seen for almost every movie i've ever rented or or had the dvd for the blu-ray i've watched the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and so this is by far and I may be a little bit biased because it is Luke Skywalker. Sure. At the end of the day. <laughs> but I still think that this is one of the most important behind the scenes documentaries ever made. And that alone, I feel like it is enough for me to say, go check this out. Yeah. Um, and within Favreau's final words, they played the uh, Boba Fett theme music from. Dude, I noticed that too. Were you going to mention it? No, no, no. I'm glad you okay. mentioned it, though, because it was because Favreau's talking about and we're going to get to see how we get to continue to pass down these things from generation to generation. And you hear yep. that music rev up. And I was like, uh-huh. are we getting a teaser? Are we getting I, a teaser? Yes. I was so stoked. And then, of course, we didn't get a teaser. And you know, I, I was sad. <laughs> I'll be honest. It almost feels like that was produced to have something attached to it there at the end. I think it, you're right. It really did. And maybe they just decided not to, but I, I really do think it was produced that way to keep that option uh, there. I'll blame Cause, Spider-Man. Cause we, I, I'm glad you brought that up. We hear that music like as the, Only. the credits begin, yes. basically. Like and it, I really thought it was going to be then, like, yeah, <laughs> I really thought they were going to hit us with it and they didn't. And I blame Spider-Man. I, I will blame Spider-Man for this because you know full well Lucasfilm and Marvel were talking like, hey, you can't put that in there. Well, why not? Well, we're dropping the Spider-Man trailer next week. So you can't, you, you can't do that. <laughs> They're just over there chanting that all the way. And sure. I was just, 
perturbed. I was I was so disheartened, and I was like, yeah. "We're gonna get it. We're gonna get." Because uh, my uh, like right. like I started, <laughs> I, I was getting up. I was like, "Oh, here we go. It's happening." Me too. And then it's just you know credits kept going, but hey. And then I, I fast forwarded to the end of the credits. Like, are they gonna do that? <laughs> I did too. I did, I did, I did too. <laughs> uh, but it's okay. I I think you know when we see it, we'll be glad that we waited maybe because yeah. you know we get to spread out the joy. You know we got Disney Gallery, then we're getting Visions next, and then and then I think it'll be time for us to get a Book of Boba Fett trailer. What? But what we'll do here? What I want to now do is pass this on to you. What did you, our listener, our viewer, think of Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, and specifically Mark Hamill showing back up uh, as Luke Skywalker? Because my goodness gracious, it was emotional. This played back at the emotions. Uh, DJ's just going ham with that lightsaber. Listen, man, (laughs) I just, you just don't understand you could have you should have been a fly on the wall in my home when that happened i just you know anyway yes you're right we want to we do want to know i almost said we want to do know we do want to know what you have to say about this tell us in the comments tweet us join discord and and talk with us about this stuff because listen you're not alone yeah we want to talk about this stuff because we care about it we know you care about it absolutely well listen we will get out of here we've we've spent a ton of time talking star wars and again it's one of those moments where it doesn't feel like it's has been it's been as long as it actually has been because we just lose ourselves talking about star wars but we can't wait to talk star wars again on next week's episode of mando talk live on thursdays we do it every thursday night live at 8 30 p.m central time as well as a new show geekverse reactions where we talk about uh, just anything in the geek verse, uh, Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, anything really, Indiana Jones, whatever. Uh, and we do that Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. So come join us. Again, click the subscribe button on YouTube if you have not. And that's all we have, folks. Uh, so, DJ, final, final words before we get out of here. Get yourself some tacos and tell your mama you love her. And as always, we have spoken. <laughs>